Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's a live episode on this Monday evening. It's great to hear from everybody this evening. We're pumped to be here. We're fashionably late. About 11 minutes late tonight, Danny Rams. It's my fault. I uh, had a great dinner uh, before this podcast recording, and I took a little, little longer in the oven than I had hoped for. But uh, we're finally here, Danny. It's great to see you tonight. When the dinner's great, you're going to be a little late. That's just the way it goes, <laughs> baby. You can't handle that. You know, can't hate it. Can't have a problem with it. Um, we're here on a lovely Monday. I mean, we're, we're, we're late anyway, not being here on Sunday night, which is our normal night to do these anyway. So people can wait 11 more minutes if they waited 24 hours. Um, but no, welcome to the Charlotte Soccer Show, everybody. Thank you for being here. As always, the TIFOs, uh, the bat signal is up. We got the listeners coming in. We expect comments. We expect all kinds of uh, compliments and criticism. We love it all. So uh, get in the mix, start a conversation. John and I are going to be the ones on the mic talking to y'all, but everybody... That's part of this uh, podcast community uh, that's been built over the last year and a half is uh, got a voice here. So uh, let us know what you want to hear us talk about or uh, quote you saying things like that. We got a lot planned tonight, right, Johnny? We got we got a breakdown of uh, of the game, and really, it's kind of like for me, it's like time to take stock, right? It's time to take stock. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Brian <laughs> Schuford, a great comment to start off tonight's live stream. When the dinner is great, the pod can wait. Uh, but the, the pod is here now. We, we have a ton to talk about, you're right. And uh, we want to start with Christian Kalina, his performance against Columbus. Uh, look at a couple, a couple goals that maybe he could have done a little bit better. Could that could have had could have made a difference in the match? Probably. Um, Westwood's finest performance, the gemstone. Danny, this is this is something that I know that you um, have a, a lot of thoughts thoughts on. He's brilliant in it. He's brilliant in it. In the it. gemstone. He, <laughs> he's it. a good. He's a good lad, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean we we've kind of been pro Westwood ever since he brought came over here. You and I being Premier League fans, knowing what he was able to do in that league. Not like he was some superstar, but just a very effective, capable player for a team. Uh, that's, that's a good cl- one of the better clubs in England, you know, and Burnley was relegated and won their way right back up, won the championship. They'll be back in the Premier League next year. And uh, so knowing that we were getting a guy of that pedigree, that quality. And now it's like I was saying this. This is what I was saying, actually, like moments before, if you were at APR at our watch party, which was another great time. Uh, I've got many shout outs to give at the end of the episode, but uh, uh, in that vein. But what I said, I'll shout out myself first and foremost, because, I, you know, I'm the only one that's going to. Um <laughs> I said something like along the lines, I'm paraphrasing my own self here of, you know, everything Westwood has done so far has been off the field. It's been in between the ears. He's been, he's set the tone. He set the mentality. He's, he's created a standard, all that stuff. And I just, once we start getting to make contributions on the score sheet, once he starts, uh, you know, contributing to goals and assists, it's going to be real nice. And what did he do shortly after that was send a, a, a incredibly awesome lofted ball over the top, the Westwood pass that we talked about when he was first signed, which is sort of that skids over the top and then drops straight down to the attacker. It's so nice to see. And we saw it drop straight down to Carroll for a nice goal. And uh, he played well. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. And he's going he's gonna to talk about that later. He's uh, he's not a guest on the show, but we did cut a soundbite from his press conference. It, it's Maybe a, someday. It's a, it's a great comment post-match. We're, we're going to get to that. We're going to go through the match. 
Um, and we're going to look at the first uh, couple goals and then take a look at uh, what was a furious second half comeback. I think, you know, some people who wanted to maybe leave at halftime or people that thought this game could be over. You never know. People uh, in your household that want to leave a halftime? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah. so, sorry, Who knows? Not, not to burn your, your uh, wonderful wife, but uh, yeah. She and I did have that discussion of like, man, if it's if it's 4-0, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. It's, it was one minute of glory uh, after the Furious comeback, so we're, we're going to talk about all that. But uh, the first thing I wanted to do tonight on uh, the show, Danny, is um, you know take a look at how things got kicked off. Terry Loma, dangerous spot, taken away at center field. It's loose in the 18th. Shot and a goal! A turnover by Charlotte, and Christian Ramirez makes the pay for it. It's 1-0 Columbus in the fifth minute at Lowy.com Field. In the fifth minute, it's a it's a give it a, a giveaway goal, and it's the worst possible thing that you could do to start a match on the road. Uh, the back line gets caught out once again, and Christian Kalina is uncommitted. He doesn't know whether to stay in his area or charge after the ball. And I think that indecision there, Danny, in that first five minutes, Charlotte FC with the worst possible start imaginable on Saturday night. Yeah, and it, it definitely took the the energy out of the room at EPR. We had to sort of do a great reset and get everything going again. Um, I was particularly bummed that it was Ramirez was the guy that got us because uh, – I've really had I'd hyping up I've been hyping up pregame. I said, "Oh, Zellerion and Hernandez, man, Cucho and Lucas. Those those are the two danger men. Those are the ones that can hurt us real bad." And uh, turns out Christian Ramirez, who's more of a journeyman striker, that they have sort of playing as like a more of a behind Cucho forward type of role. He was able to be the one to pounce on it. He got the first goal. He ended up with a brace. He scored later. Remember, he's the guy that was denied by the big the big paw of George Marks denied off the line on that one really dangerous uh, uh, situation that they'd had against us, which I think that was a Tui Loma mistake, you know, bring it full circle. Here's here's Ramirez finally getting his first goal against us, and he would get another one. But this first one, five minutes in, Tui Loma mistake, self-inflicted wounds. Jorge Torres in the comments says – the season of self-inflicted wounds is that a is that a is that a trait of our team or is that just to, to Loma at this point? I have I have to wonder. Um, it, it I, I you know we we could go all the way back to the New England game, and many people have uh, you know already absolved him of any fault for the 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 game loser that was scored against us extremely late in that one. Although he was the last person to touch it on the team before New England scored, so. Uh, then he had the own goal against St. Louis, and it's just continued one thing after another after that. And here's a square ball. Can you play that again? And before you do it, just, just watch what Bill's trying to do here. Like He's trying to play a square ball across two attackers regardless, even if it wasn't the one who ended up scoring isn't the guy who intercepted it, but just, it's just it's horrible. Like whoever is responsible for Adam. Terry Loma, dangerous spot, taken away at center field. It's loose in the 18th. Shot and a goal. A turnover by Charlotte. And Christian Ramirez makes the pay for it. It's 1-0 Columbus in the fifth minute at Lower.com Field. Makes him pay for it. You know, what? what is Bill trying to do there? What's he's it's like, did he look up? Did he see that there was two guys in between him and the man he was trying to pass to? Just I mean, that's, that seems like rookie ball stuff. I'm not a soccer, I'm not a professional soccer player, but uh, most of us could see it. 
we're, we're on the record on the show, I think, Danny, like um, Tuoloma is somebody that has to be replaced by uh, Guzman. That's why I'm kind of not freaking yeah. out about it, I think, um, is because well, just... Guzman Carrujo is coming back to take that position and Tuoloma isn't going to see any playing time really for the remainder of the year if things go according to plan. Maybe he'll get some leagues, cup starts. Um, but uh, Tuoloma is somebody that uh, is, is going to have to um, – get those minutes elsewhere except for MLS play. That's that's why I'm not freaking out about it, Danny. I think we're on the record when it comes to Bill Tuiloma. We don't have to underscore, you know, how poor he was on Saturday. He doesn't belong in this squad. And he hasn't belonged in this squad for a while now. And it's and the fact that Guzman didn't start on Saturday night is I think an indictment on what should have happened uh in Christian Latanzio's starting eleven. That's why I'm freaking out is because I ex- fully expected Guzman to start and he didn't. And that that's what left me uh, in the lurch. But you you want to really spin it. You're right. We have talked about Bill and it is kind of talking in circles about stuff we've, uh, you know, tr- ground we've already covered. You actually want to take this conversation almost to the next level because you've got some questions about another person in the defense, namely the guy between the sticks. Like whoever is responsible for Aiden Morris in that moment. And that's when they find him in that pocket of space to try to get the effort that ultimately he just puts off target. Kucho leads Morris. Morris, nice setup. Zellerayon delays, loops it in. Kucho gets a foot on it and scores. Brilliance from the crew. My goodness. Zellerayon, Kucho, 3 nothing crew. What a start. It was it was a goal that um, maybe could have been dealt with by the keeper. Uh, it seemed like there was a little bit of um, pause in order to uh, close that ball down. Could it could have ended up ended up in a PK? It certainly could have, but uh, Kalina could have been a little bit better there. Such a beautiful idea from Zella Rayon. I mean, watching him play was a joy. Uh, taking my rooting interest out of it, and as just as a soccer fan, like he. He put on a clinic against us. It was it was tough and uh, delightful to watch at the same time. But uh, that ball was audacious, and I agree with you. Kalina could have been more aggressive, and yeah, maybe you do end up giving a PK there, but you run out like your hair's on fire, and you go balls to the wall. Balls to the wall soccer is an offensive philosophy that we share on this show, but it also applies in that situation as far as when you're a goalkeeper that needs to come off your line and don't. That's not as bad as getting chipped for the goal, but basically, you know, it's a situation where the, the enemy team is just toying with us. The, uh, Zellerion and Kucho were just clear, just toying with us with that play, and so we had to, we should have shut it down a little more aggressively. I agree. Here's an interesting comment by Grant uh, Bullion. Uh, Columbus was the most fun opponent to watch. Their goals were were great. Uh, their mm-hmm. goals were were bangers and the crowd was was going wild there's no doubt that um this was the second match in a row that charlotte fc faced a crowd that uh was tough to to win against and that's why saturday night at the keep is is so important it's a massive match for charlotte against seattle on saturday it's it's the final match and we've been saying that it's the final 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 match of this crazy stretch where there's an international break after the match on Saturday against Seattle. Um, but we'll get into all that and have discussion about that. You can join the conversation on our Twitter feed as well at for the crown baby. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, Charlotte soccer show. So at that point, Danny in the match, 
it's it's three nil, and uh, this 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 club is is reeling. It it goes into to halftime, and um, who who knows what was was said at. at Ashley Westwood is going to fill us in on that because um, I think he kind of hints at what was said. We already halftime. revealed. We already revealed what was said at the halftime speech at EPR, which was Rachel and I just saying, "Let's get the hell out of here." Columbus <laughs> scores one more goal. But, I mean, that was inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was less inspiring. I will agree. I will agree. But it was honest. I, I took. I like. Uh, I think you had gone to the bar to get a drink and Rachel was sitting at one end of our table and I was sitting at the other end of the table and I just looked at her and she was, had this thoughtful look on her eye and I was just like, Rach, tell me what you're really thinking right now because I kind of had a suspicion. She's like, she's thinking, man, the end of this game at home might have to be the move. And I was like, yeah. So that's the state we were in. That's how deflated it was. It had to just be down 3-0 to like three banger, ultimately banger goals. I mean, the first one, huge mistake by Bill. Second one was a banger that Swiderski, Swiderski was like centimeters away from blocking that thing, unfortunately. But it was a nice goal by a dude named Arf, Arf Stopper or something like that. Some no-name Columbus crew guy that I've barely even ever seen play before. And then the third goal, which we just saw, which I think was just a beautiful goal. But we could have – someone should have just like prevented that from happening. Like can't let that happen to us type of thing because they were just toying with us. But that's how deflated we were. And uh, things did get better. And like – the team like responded. Who knows what was said at half? I don't know. Think of halftime locker rooms you've been in, where like what's what's a a great moment? Have have you ever been in that situation where a game just completely turned around at half? We almost pulled it off. We didn't, but we got we gave ourselves the lifeline. Westwood sending Sonerski to the area. Sonerski makes one touch of the area, and it goes through their legs of Schulte, and they score. Carol Svinerski put it through the wickets of the Columbus goalkeeper, and Charlotte pulls one back. It's 3-1. That's uh, Will Pelagic on WFNZ, a great call of that, that sweet goal by Carol Svinerski. If you're watching live on YouTube with us now or watching the show um, later this week before the Seattle match, you could see that deft touch by Carol Svinerski. That was impressive, wasn't it, Danny? Oh, I mean, that's that's a... One of the goals of the season for me, that's the Westwood pass. That's Carroll doing something that I don't think Enzo has not shown me he would be able to do. Enzo's first touch with his foot has been horrendous. And so Carroll was able to just bring that thing down, kind of nestle it a little bit more than anyone else I think on the team would have been able to do. So for that, I loved it. Um, he got the fit. He finished it. He finished his chances. He didn't scuff it into the keeper. He he megged the keeper off the fit for the finish. Uh, really well played. Just a great Westwood Carroll connection. It, it was a sign of things to come. And, and we went nuts. We started going nuts. And then it wasn't much longer. Now, this was kind of a moment. This, you know, telling the story of how we were watching this game. I don't know. You tell me, was this something that ultimately pissed you off? I never did get the, the read on this because I was checking my fan. I pulled out my phone after the Carroll goal. After we celebrated the Carroll goal, I like want to see how my fantasy team's doing based on that result, because I have Westwood and Carroll on a team together. I'm a, I want to move up the leaderboard on this fantasy game. And so I whip it out, and I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden I see the game go from 3-1 to 3-2. And it, but it hasn't on the TV screen, because Apple TV, you know, is like 30 seconds behind or whatever due to internet connection or whatever. So And I go, oh, my God. And like, <laughs> one of the team was like, what? <laughs> Everyone looked at me, and I was like, uh, just watch, just watch. I was like, I didn't want to give it away what happened, but I saw it said Justin Miram goal on my phone screen. And so uh, I knew it was coming and here, there it was. 
We've seen three goal deficits during this season erased out by teams. As I keep away in the middle, and a chip by Bam, they score! Just like that, Justin Merrim turnabout is fair play as a defensive error from Columbus, and all of a sudden, Charlotte's within a goal. Willie P once again capturing the magic, uh, an, another Miram goal, yeah. uh, an involvement once again. It's a giveaway. We've we've given away so many goals this season. I feel like that's like a goal earned in the opposite yeah. direction. That's good and, karma. And well said, really well. That's a great call from Willie P saying turnabout is fair play because we had given them one early and they gave us one back. So that that almost made, that almost made it so that if we could score one more, if we could get it to even terms three three, it would have been well well deserved and well earned. But uh, we didn't get there, unfortunately. Uh, things immediately turned south. We were going nuts, though, for that minute of bliss. How great was that minute of bliss when we thought anything was possible down 3-2 with 20 minutes to, or 30 minutes to play and, and a chance? We're going to use this moment starting right now to just enjoy that minute, Danny. We're going to say, dude, it's 3-2. Anything oh, could wow. happen. All right, like, all right, this, all right. Get back, a, get back. This Let's is kick a it chance Let's go. Let's go. to We're potentially yeah, right. yep. to oh, all of a sudden your your interest is peaked. You're saying this could Have be an great. epic comeback. Yeah. You know, this team has done it again. There's a, there's a lot of time left. There's more than 30 minutes. All of a sudden, this game has completely turned around. We got this, baby. We got this. All we got to do, just you know, run it back. Exactly. Carol's on form. Get the ball to Westwood. Let Westwood pull the strings. We got this. They can't stop us. All offense. No, all gas, no breaks. Let's do this. Yeah, we can start thinking about maybe some offensive changes. Yeah, get and... the subs in. Get the subs in. Subs now. Subs now, right? Right. It makes subs sense. Now before we kick it off. Let's yeah. before we kick it off here. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What's that? What's go? Oh, Columbus has the ball. Oh. 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 Oh, shit. Former club won in Columbus against the former club. I mean, just a, a mind-numbing turn of events. And here we go at the other end. Archon with a beat on it. Max Archon to the left foot. Ramirez, it's in. Oh, the answer by Columbus. Ramirez with another uppercut. His second goal, 4-2 crew. Well, I mean, there's 30 minutes left. You could get two, I guess, in 30 minutes. That happened quick. Where's the subs? <laughs> Where's the and stuff? that actually was like a dramatic recreation in many ways what we just did there for the last 60 seconds of this that was a dramatic recreation of the conversation that we had because we wanted subs right then didn't we both call for it like we're down three we we've got two back let's sub now it was it was the uh, time to now. do it it was the time to do it it's not just hindsight saying that because we both said that in the moment i guarantee you i promise if you were there you, you heard us i think the lesson to be learned in that scenario is that anything could happen in soccer very, very quickly. Let's look back to the FA cup final uh, this past weekend as well. Uh, Ikai Gundogan just out of the gates, earliest goal in FA cup final history, just a six strike uh, things. Go. Things can happen within seconds and you always have to be on your toes and you can't score a goal, get back into a game and think for a second that you can relax. So I think it's on the mentality and it's, it's something that um, Ashley Westwood spoke about post game. Yeah. Uh, first half was unacceptable. We, we take full responsibility for that. We can't start a game like that. It's, it was, yes, yeah, completely unacceptable. So we, we take that on the chin. We learn from it. 
And we said, second half, we got in the change room, a few words were said, which rightly so. And we, we showed character. That's the main thing. This group showed character tonight. It was tough. It was really tough. We've, mostly we've, it's been, it's been a good week. We've been, we've had good performances all week. And then we went and spoiled it today. But like I said, second half, we, uh, we come out fighting. Like I said, we, we got the two goals and then it's just sloppy from us. We think I've just seen the scores and it's like 56, 58, 59. And then it, it's, uh, we got back in the game and then you're like, right, come on. We've just, just keep it tight now and we'll, we'll get another chance. But then they, they went and scored straight away and sort of deflated us. But like I said, we showed we showed character at half time. I thought we could have we could have easily capitulated and it could have been six or seven the way it was going. But we showed character and we got back in the game. Character. And it's it's <laughs> crackers has the first word. <laughs> <laughs> crackers is mad. Crackers wants to go out on the porch, but he's gonna have to wait a few minutes, unfortunately. We got TIFOs to take care of. I mean, thanks to all our TIFOs here. I'm neglecting my cat to hang out with y'all because it's that important. But, uh, okay. The team showed character, I agree, but then they just got sloppy. It was an I epic, mean? it was an epic quote though, right? I think like you you saw this quote after the match and it how did it make you feel? Made me feel great. I mean, like Jorge Torres says in the comments, and that's why he's our captain. I when anytime uh Westwood or any like cap or Clay Dimmick or uh even David Pereba does something really good, I just like my my head instantly goes to the the uh Dead Poet Society gif. The oh, oh captain, my captain, Ethan Hawk <laughs> like standing up and like getting on the desk. I just I, I'm like I'm it, it's like a Pavlovian dog response. I can't help but uh, just salute my captain. And that quote made me want to get out the gift for sure because uh, uh, Westwood is our captain. Like I said, he, he's, he's earned the spot. He, and the way he talks about this club, every, every – so I've listened to a lot of his – anytime he's been in front of a mic, he, he's, he's been doing a lot of the pressers lately and he did some earlier. I've listened to everything he said. And, and what I've noticed in his off the – you know, when he talks to a microphone is – he used to, at the start of the season, he was talking more and more about the way we did it at Burnley. We did it here. We did it. We did it. We did it. But now when he uses that we word, he's talking about we Charlotte FC, like most recently the last few weeks. So he's really integrated in. He's he's become part of the we and he's a leader in the we. So I love Westwood for sure. You're never going to uh, – it's going to take a lot to get him to lose the respect that I've already gained for him so far, I guess you would say. So he's somebody that's going to play on Saturday against Seattle at home. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to lead this squad. Who is going to be next to Ashley Westwood in that lineup um, at midfield? We can have that discussion about Brant Bronico. We can have a uh, Derek Jones and and Matthew Geslin chimes in as well. Live, uh, Geslin says need eight more Westwoods eight and more his Westwood. class. Um, I, hey, by the way, I saw. Speaking of class, I saw. Um, is it Iozzi Perez? Uh, yeah, Leicester City. Yeah. Somebody, speaking of class, um, somebody that could be potentially on the market is—is right. uh, is that somebody that Charlotte FC could potentially bring in during the summer transfer window? Did he? Is that a free transfer? Did he leave on a free? I wonder. I, I, he left Leicester City, is what I thought I read today. Maybe, maybe you could check me on that. Someone else could check me. I don't know. We might, he might even just be available on a free transfer. But yeah, I I, I saw MLS mentioned in in conjunction with his. Uh, leaving of the Premier League. Iosi's a goal scorer, man. I, w- I think Iosi could crush MLS. Uh, I don't think he'd be guaranteed to, but I think in the right situation, he could it's do a, really well. It's, it's a free transfer. There's there's no, no doubt about that. And um, if you want to uh, pay money, uh, it was uh, Tom Bogert of The Athletic who tweeted out today that at least one MLS club reached out to Perez 
looking into his salary asks. It wouldn't be cheap, but feeling is he'd come for the right price. Good option for an M prime DP. Thoughts on that, Danny? Is, is Charlotte FC a potential landing spot? Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. I would think there's another, there's a couple other clubs that are sort of in a little bit better contending positions with DP slots. I'm specifically thinking of Nashville. I'm expecting Nashville to add one more DP this summer uh, because they're like up at the top of the table and they're, they're, they want to make a real push to go win MLS Cup. So I kind of feel like that might be a, a more of a landing spot for him, but uh, hopefully because. Again, I don't think he's a lock, but the way I the way I think of it, he's not the same player. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but just sort of psychologically, philosophically, it makes me think of Luis Araujo, the Atlanta DP who came over from the French League last year. Just kind of a, at least, if not the same player, similar player. And uh, that's an interesting uh, call by Gesslin there. Fuchs connections, the Leicester-Leicester connection. Iosi went to from Leicester to Newcastle back to Leicester, right? I mean, he's if that if I'm not mistaken, you can he was definitely he was definitely yeah. on both clubs for sure. Yeah. Now I don't so, know which way and and what year, but uh, certainly has played for both clubs recently. The point in bringing that up was that he's somebody that could bring class into this squad. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's when we talk about uh, Camille Uzviak. Remember what the conversation was before the season. It was Danny that Camille Uzviak was going to be a bought down DP that he really doesn't count Hasn't as happened yet, a DP, about it, yeah. right? But that was remember every time somebody was critical of Camille Uzviak, we always talked about well he really th- what, what was the go to line? Well he really isn't a DP, right? That's what everybody would say, mm-hmm. and because of that, doesn't that mean there's an open spot on this roster? And David Tepper's got the pockets. Uh, if this club wants to make a push this season. Um, I, I think that um, uh, Christian Lutanzio uh, should be setting a meeting here, maybe a weekly meeting for, uh, to, to check in on what type of transfer budget the club can come up with. Yeah. Uh, 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 can you get a weekly meeting if you're a startup inside of a, a larger company? I, I forget. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Like, does Lutanzio – can Lutanzio email Tepper directly for a meeting or does he have to ask somebody to ask somebody for a meeting? That's my only question. I, I don't know which way it goes. Hopefully hopefully the former, and I, I fear the latter, but who knows. Nick Hasser uh, in the comments says, Vardy in CLT. Brilliant. <laughs> Vardy would certainly know how to party. Exactly. Uh, if, you, if, if this club, you know, people talk about, for better or for worse, this club sells the party. You know, come to the game. It's a party with win or lose. Vardy would certainly contribute to that. Um, Greg Franco says the buy down has to happen along with the new DP coming in. That's exactly what we were talking about. So uh, it's funny though, because the conversation has kind of organically come up here. You know, you're talking about it. Elevation Jones is talking about it, but I hadn't really been thinking about it. I, I, just, I maybe I'm just suffering from low expectations here or something like that, but I just hadn't really thought about us adding to the squad this summer. Do you really think it's a possibility? Oh, it, of course, I think it's a possibility. I don't know. Man. Maybe I'm just like lowered. I'm like the old Mad TV lowered expectation. I think. But I think I that. Know. I think that you're just kind of like settled into the squad right now. You feel good about it. <laughs> By the way, another thing Greg did. There was a comment earlier. I saw Crackers cameo. So, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? My cat. If you're just if you're listening to the audio version right now, my cat 
is um, shyly making an appearance on the screen. I, I've got an off-color joke that I'm certainly not going to make uh, here on this live show. Maybe after. I love it. I'm proud of you. Send it to me telepathically. Oh, that's a good one. That's well, that's fu that's funny. The transfer window is about to open. It's summertime in soccer, Danny, and that means player movement. And we've got it covered here on Charlotte Soccer Show. I think this is a good example of, um, you know, let's when we go back to the history of our club. And, and I want I want to make I want to make sure that this is the history of our club. That this club was founded on Mar asking owner David Tepper to sign more players, to spend the money, to get guys in. And that's the flag that Danny and I are still waving. And I, and I want you to never forget that again, Danny, is that investment in the summer is I, always a good thing for Charlotte FC. I guess I, I know in my heart that it is a, a good thing, but just consciously I had not had the thought until literally right now, tonight, this episode of the show, episode 90, whatever we're doing, you know, wonderful live stream with, uh, you know, the dozens and dozens of TIFOs that have, that have joined on. We appreciate you all. Um, I just hadn't thought about it. I just, I had not thought that we're going to add somebody, but you're probably right. It, as Matt Gesslin comments, it's a must. Uh, Franco says, yes, of course. I mean, I, I guess we got to be adding somebody. I, I just hadn't thought about it. Enzo, Capet Enzo Capetti, he's got a hamstring. This is something that we've been talking about, Danny. I mean, yeah. what is the long-term projection for him this season? Is he going to be available this Saturday? So as much as badly as I want him available this Saturday, like you got two weeks off afterwards, just give, just give him one more game off. And then he has two weeks after that. And then he's definitely ready after that. It's a hamstring. Don't come back too early when you have two weeks off right now. There's no, there's no upside to him coming back against Seattle, unfortunately. So I think you, uh, I think you rest him and until the end of the, the, the time off personally. Okay. Um, Although it's a home game, I wouldn't mind seeing him play. I love to watch him play. So if it's, I could see him come back as a home game. Well, I, I think maybe being dressed would could be a good option. Yeah, hundred percent. That'd be good. And option. being uh, uh, getting thirty minutes in um, yeah. before the break to to make sure, sure that everything's good to go wouldn't be the worst idea even in the world. 10, even ten minutes from uh, Christian Latanzio, who. Um, is in an interesting position this week to uh, have some training sessions, maybe take it a little bit easy on the guys, considering how difficult the schedule has been. Yeah, I heard they, they I heard that I think I'm pretty sure I had a source tell me that they did a training session before Columbus, which was madness to me. But I guess, you know, they did that. They were they what they wanted to start Ajimong. So I think they had to do a training with Ajimong uh, with the starters just uh, to make that happen. But hopefully it was a light training. But uh, yeah, I agree. Give the guys a couple of days off. They have they just come off a heavy workload. I want to ask you this. Speaking of Ajimong, though, this is a conversation I've been wanting to have with you. So if you don't mind, I'll just segue right there. What's because if Copetti's not ready to come back, Carroll was pretty nice in the striker role, but he's also kind of nice in the midfield. If it's not going to be Carroll striker and Copetti's not ready, Ajimong's not really ready to be like. A yeah. starting MLS striker. He's just he's nice, but like he's shown in, in in his time that he's like he's got flashes, but he's not really there. So then I'm wondering like, well, wasn't Vinny Mello ahead of him? Like, well, like, I mean, I, I the, the answer I feel somebody in, in that scenario. I think you're right. Like uh, with Enzo Capetti being hurt, it's really just kind of um, shined a light on the fact that Carol Swiderski can play both the striker mm -hmm. and the number 10 position but when he plays the striker without a solid number 10 right. he's really not getting the 
the interplay and the service and the connection that he needs to thrive. But when he is in that number 10, he is able to make that happen because he's very good at that position too, which uh, makes me just, you know, I, I think the answer to that is Timu Puki. I think you signed Puki. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you put him at the striker yes. position in Forenzo, you know, who's, you know, he needs a little bit of competition that, and, and all of a sudden you, you sit Swiderski behind and you've got a, a loaded squad. If Up David the Norwich, Tepper, baby. If Up David, the Norwich. If David Tepper's ready to spend. So how about we bring in Pookie party and Vardy party? We just had the whole damn thing's a party. But no, I'm just giving real- you options. I'm just giving you <laughs> options. Well, I think Pookie's headed to Minnesota if he comes to MLS, unfortunately for us. But um, guess the nails it in the comments. He's right. And the fact – so here's the, my follow-up on that. Because we kind of have had the, the Ajumong mellow discussion. But really I was using that to backdoor my way into this. Let's let's point a finger at Laddie because if Ben Bender was good was healthy enough to come in at halftime and sub in for a completely ineffective Patrick Ajmon and we score two goals within 15 minutes of that happening, why wasn't he the starter? Why are you starting Patrick Ajmon and Carroll in the midfield when you have Ben Bender, who's like a proven goal scorer for this team, someone who's who's got hundreds and hundreds of minutes in MLS as compared to this draft pick who has not started before. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it a mistake by Laddie? Did we lose the game in the in the formation and the, the personnel of the start first half? And was that second half comeback, all the character and all that, is that really just down to actually we finally got the right 11 guys on the field? Yeah, it's a good call out. And the reason why is because it was a halftime sub. And it was something that um, Ashley Westwood, who we spoke about early, also addressed, earlier also addressed post-match about how, um, you know, the, the sub was, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't a good look. And the fact that uh, Ajumang had to, to come off, uh, I'm trying to bring yeah. up exactly um, what he said. He said, uh, quote, we owe Patrick Ajumang an apology. It was a starting debut tonight, and we let him down. He got brought off at halftime. I've been there as a young kid as well. I told him we take full responsibility for our performance tonight. Patrick didn't deserve that. I mean, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> Give me the Ethan Hawk gif. I mean, once again, yet uh, you saw, I mean, anyone who follows us on Twitter saw that was my uh, my favorite uh, tweet we did of the weekend was, was just like the perfect post-game quote after a tough loss, doesn't it? Oh, this is it. You know, like I like think that, I, I think I this quote. this quote is why Ben Bender didn't start. Like this was Ajamang's time. He was gonna get his chance. Fair enough. And that, that answers my question. And he that got his he got his chance, and then at halftime he got yanked because uh Latanzio said shit, maybe we should have gone with Bender because yeah. Ajamang wasn't ready to go. At least he realized the mistake at half instead of at 70th minute, obviously. And and it did turn into two goals and a fight back, which was really fun to see. So Latanzio's growing, obviously. Match day, he, he's very good at almost all the non-match day elements of being a coach. And he's still learning how to be a match day coach, for sure. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday evening. It's been a fun show. Uh, 35 minutes in, it's it's rolling along. We've got a couple more things to you to do. I appreciate everybody hanging with us uh, during this this podcast. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Charlotte Soccer Show, new platform for us. We're going to be together later this this week, right, Danny? Uh, yeah. Get a get a on uh, Back to the location episode. 
uh, record it later this week, and then we'll be back to the fortress on Saturday. So it's a it's a great week for uh, Charlotte FC here in town. I'm excited to see you. We're back, baby. And then we got a we got a game Saturday. Then we got 11 days off, and then we have. It sounds like you're looking forward to the off time. Are you spending too much time with me? What's then we the have deal, two man? quick games, and then we have uh, like nine, we have like eleven, and then I'm going to Ireland, and then uh, we have, if I can count, eleven days off again. So, uh, nice little stretch to rest up, basically after having. So, you tell me, MLS. I mean, I know I realize you had to compress everything for the League's Cup. This is the first season of it. All this, all that, but like Charlotte FC has just come off a stretch where we had nine games in 36 days, right? Okay, and then we're gonna have two games in twenty six days. <laughs> you tell me. International break. I don't know. So we're gonna look at the table, and we've got heat maps and ratings um, tonight. You Danny? See yeah, let's fire through those. All right, let's look at how the team rated against Columbus because it's always fun uh, just to sort of get a temperature check. You can see it, the back line. We knew like so. Uh, I was t- we were talking lineups. Elevation Jones sent me what he thought would be the lineup, and he actually correctly predicted this exact four as the, as the back line. He's, and he he said these were the, going to be the guys, and I said my instant response was him, that team will surrender three goals in the first half. I can, yeah, I can screenshot it if you need it, but God is my witness. I, I predicted that if this was the starting back four, <laughs> that we would give up three goals in the first half. I can confirm. Yeah. I can confirm that uh, you've got your finger on the pulse because that's exactly what happened. Lo and behold, yeah. So uh, Jan wasn't great. Bill was horrible. Affle uh, got beat out a couple times, and Burn was burned. You can see the two yellows as well. Uh, any of these ratings jump out at you? Christian Kalina, 5.8. <laughs> you, you really you hate to see that. Um, Christian Kalina is supposed to be somebody that um, brings stability into to this lineup that um, helps you go onto a road uh, environment. Uh, a place like Philadelphia, maybe you only lose one nil and and have some um, decent saves. And I think what we saw against Columbus showed what Christian Kalina could have potentially given up uh, at Philadelphia. Um, yes, and you heard you heard Westwood say we could have given up five or six tonight against Columbus, and we definitely you and I both felt that about against Philly. And so this was the rough end of the variance for Kalina after only giving up one against Philly, right? right. Yeah, but I think some home cooking, I think um, being back at the keep, I think having Guzman Carujo in front of him with Adilson Milanda, nice. um, yeah. who you know didn't start this match, but but hopefully um, will next Saturday. Um, here's the healthy. here's the defender heat map, uh, just to sort of play off that. You can see, well, more like the, the, the fullbacks in midfield, Brawny, Westy, Byrne, and Affle. And you can see, like, there's not much there. Westwood and Bronico are not getting back into the box, so it's really all on that center back pairing. And and Sobo and, and Tuiloma was not the answer. I actually don't mind what Nathan Burns' heat map looks like. I think he's you know really doing a, a decent job of um, playing defense and getting down the right wing. I think Harrison Offal shows you maybe um, a little less uh, penetration down the left side. There, I think um, he was he was more so willing to cut inside that inverted fullback kind of tactic that yeah. Christian Latanzio is is known to play. Um, so I think that's not my my favorite. Uh, Ashley Westwood there on on the right hand side, and I think Brant Bronico um, unfortunately uh, didn't get forward enough. Um, he has uh, and should have freedom to roam down the left hand mm-hmm. side there. And um, unfortunately, was just sitting in the, the defensive half. Do you think maybe he uh, didn't match. trust himself after a couple of uh, 
mishaps on forays in the offensive end in recent games? I don't know. You know, I think it's maybe a, lack, a little bit of a lack of confidence and the unthinkable, which would be after a long stretch of games, Fran Bronico might be a little bit gassed. Just oh, like no. Derek Jones. Oh, no. So, yeah. Um, one of those guys needed a day off, and D- DJ was the one that got it. He did sub in late, right? But uh, realistically, bo- realistically both guys needed a, a day off, and only one could get it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. You can see Kerwin doing some things like early on. Kerwin, like if most of the the stuff here uh, that's like behind the the half field, I was pissed early because I was like, "Man, Vargas, all his touches are coming in our own half. This is not good." And then he finally started to get, you know, some action down that sideline. Carroll, two. I always love when there's multiple big red dots, and you can see a couple spots for Carroll with the two red dots. Not the best positions for them to be, but it does show that he's having the ball at his feet. And like, I wish. I wish Carroll was our Zeller Ion in terms of the way I said it the other night was there's never you never see three passes in a row for Columbus and the fourth one does not go to Zeller Ion if if the, if one of those three have it you know what I'm saying like like he's always got the ball like everyone knows get him the ball one way or the other so like they may you may find like a fullback and a winger like dinking farting around back and forth a little bit pressed up against the sideline but their outlet in that situation is going to be Zella. Or if the ball's moving through the middle, they're looking for Zella. So I think we need to look for Swiderski even more and just get this guy more touches. He had 31 touches. If I compare that to uh, Zella Rayon, Zella Rayon had uh, 60 touches. You know, so like, can we at least get Carol like into the 50s on some touches here, please? Great observation. And I think Carol Swiderski only gets those touches when he's playing um, in that number 10 role, when he's dropping back in and letting maybe a striker play out in front. So um, that's maybe why Patrick Ajermon got the start, although uh, late in the match he was better in that striker role um, as well. I just think um, the Carol Swiderski conundrum is is an interesting one because you know he has the talent to play top-level MLS soccer, but – there are some stretches where, you know, he isn't being creative enough, creative enough in the, the center of the pitch. But again, listen, like it's important to remind yourself that um, this is possible. Westwood sending Swiderski to the area. Swiderski makes one touch of the area and it goes through their legs and Schulte and they score. Carol Swiderski put it through the wickets of the Columbus goalkeeper and Charlotte pulls one back. It's 3-1. That's a a great uh, collection inside the area on a long ball and a one-touch finish. Nutmeg. Um, So Carol Swiderski has the ability to do that. We haven't seen Enzo Cabetti do anything like that. I mean, that's possible... Except That's for maybe possible a header my goal. favorite clip of the year. That's possible my favorite clip of the season so far. I mean, it's just absolute, absolutely sublime first touch as our man Brian Schufer comments. Well, I'm trying to think of a comparison this season. I think uh, Enzo Capetti's goal, I think it was at was it at St. Louis, the header goal. The header, from yeah, from Carroll. Yeah, that was, uh, for me, up there with one of the goals of the season. Um, and that one there is, is yeah. pretty pretty. Capetti's goal well. from Lindsay against Orlando was nice as well. Uh, there's plenty of great goals, but uh, just like man, that one's just just I mean that angle, the camera work, the the ramping of the speed where it goes from full speed to slow mo and Carol touches the ball, just an excellent excellent uh, piece of production work by the Charlotte FC team with Willie P making a really nice call. I just, that's just a that's just my 
I'm not saying it's the best goal of the season, but that's my clip of the year, if that makes sense so far. It's a it's a sick goal. It's a it's a sick goal. <laughs> it's a sick goal, man. Um, anything else you've got on your mind tonight? Because I've got a couple things I want to finish the show with, Danny Brands, if you'd allow me. <laughs> Gestlin says, "Bring back the bouncer." And uh, as much as that's not going to happen, and I would love to. Um, sadly, he's benched for Chivas. It does give me a quick uh, mood of uh, thinking of Mexican soccer, since that's where Rios plays now. And shout out to Leon for beating LAFC in the Champions League <laughs> final last night. Uh, I don't want any MLS team to ever win CONCACAF Champions League except us. And uh, if you want to be someone who's like, I cheer for the MLS team, then you can do that. But that's not the way I feel about things. <laughs> Uh, but one thing I, I do uh, know that you feel really good about is uh, Charlotte being a soccer city. And yeah. look yeah, at this scene. Be- look at this scene, Danny. Look at this scene on Saturday. What do you think, Mike? Hey, what's up? Omar Sis only scores bangers. <laughs> it's a uh, soccer city and it's it, it's an independence match day it's three points you were there danny uh exactly. tell us about it uh fun times uh at indy fun times at memorial stadium always a good time independence are really good so charlotte's fun because it's charlotte fc is fun because it's like the big school, big club obviously it's always going to take the number one priority on this show in most soccer fans minds in this city i get it and there's for good very good reason but they're a team that's like growing into its greatness. They haven't achieved their greatness yet. Independents are like the fully formed product. They are great. And they are one of the best teams in USO one. They have tons of talented guys. Uh, they put on a show again, beating Omaha handily quite, you know, just never just kind of played with their food a little bit. And Umberger, you saw Mike Umberger at the end of that video, he and others are hosting that tailgate there with the Mecklenburg reserves and the blue Furia. Um, and he, he was like, "Yeah, Omaha's kind of a tough team. You know, they're they're not they're not going to be pushovers. They look like pushovers to me." So um, I was really grateful to be able to go in there, uh, walk the sidelines of it a little bit. Shout out to Ashley Osiecki who runs comms for the Independence. She does a great job as well. Helped me out uh, having basically free reign of Memorial. I could go in the stands. I could go on the field. Very cool feeling. Got to shout out Clay Dimmick, our boy. He recognized me from the time we interviewed him. gave me gave me a handshake pregame. So. And then went out and had a really damn good game. So um, the one thing I want to talk about, about, though, it was great. If you haven't gone to Independence game, you're missing out. If you if you don't have the bandwidth for more than one soccer club in Charlotte, I get it. But this is a soccer city. And give the Independence some love. Obviously not in, expecting anyone to, to uh, abandon Charlotte FC to go become an Independence hardcore. But, they, you know, they, they have two support. They support two supporters groups, the Mech Reserves and the Ultras. And uh, really good crowd in the stands, you know, uh, Couple thousand people, maybe, 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 maybe 1500. I'm not sure, but it was a good crowd. Maybe I'm a little optimistic. We'd have to see. But, um, the one thing I want to say is spin it back to your expertise. Play the video again, real quick, but then you can cut it off. The oh, uh, that line, <laughs> that line from uh, from Umberger at the end of the video, Omar Sis only scores bangers. That's an if you know, you know, for independence fans. But we're hoping to, to interview Omar at some point, uh, in the future of the show, and we will talk to him about his tendency to score bangers. I was going to try to pull it off after the game, but I, I had a couple things I had to do before I could scoot over to the watch party. But after all that set up, play this video, cut it off before the end, and I have a question for you.
rolls, man. From a Philly, as a Philly guy, the, those sausage rolls were really nice. They were absolutely dellicious. Uh, free with a five dollar donation. Looks good. And, man. Uh, and what, so what, what's your what commentary on the rolls as a as a roll connoisseur? What, when I saw that video, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on there on that grill? It looks like some some legit uh, sausage and nice rolls with like mm-hmm. maybe some spicy mustard. Um, a great situation. Um, mm-hmm. A great tailgate situation. Uh, I'm glad that you were there. I'm sorry that I couldn't be there, but um, yeah, I think it was a Blue Furia uh, member who yeah. yep. knows somebody or is a owns a company that. Um, anyway, it was it was awesome. So cheers Pipe to you, Parillero. You can check my um, pronunciation on that. I, I wanted to show this as well, Danny Brams. This is where he was during the match. Great uh, footage, Danny. Well done. I mean, uh, what a chance for Dane Kelly there. And what a view you had from behind the goal at Memorial Stadium. And the crowd looked amazing. Chick-fil-A corner kick, baby. He, at least he <laughs> earned that. He couldn't couldn't uh, score the goal. It was a nice save made by, made by the union keeper. But, uh, yeah, man, it was great. I mean, it's there's the beautiful game at field level. There's nothing better. Like, we've been there. You and I went to the Atlanta game. Uh, Brett Thompson and I were lucky enough to sit in the vault one time and be able, I could go up and stand like right next to the dividers and kind of be at that field level almost, uh, independent, same thing, crown legacy, even same thing. Just the, 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 when you're watching professional, like very high level soccer be played from that field level. Oh man, it's just nothing like it. Uh, it looks like a great experience and, um. When's the next uh, Independence home game? You know, so I think they're off this weekend, or I think they go on the road. The home, I don't think they have a home game for two or three weeks. I'll double check the schedule, but I believe I heard from Ashley today. I need to get back to her. And by the way, shout out! I'm going to put this on our Twitter feed. Uh, if you're not already following Queens Pitch CLT, you should be. But our friends at the Queens Pitch, they interviewed Ashley Osiecki, oh, the cool. woman I just mentioned. Uh, they interviewed her for a recent episode about. Uh, there's a new women's super league coming to Charlotte next year. So the soccer city is getting even bigger and even more inclusive with another, like a higher level. There's the independence women who are, are a team that exists, but they're kind of like semi pro as compared to this new super league. that's going to be at an even higher level, more on par with the NWSL. So women are getting bigger. So if you go listen to the Queens pitch interview with Ashley, if you want to know more about that, very cool. Uh, there's a, there's my plug for my friend. Uh, but just like, there's just so much happening in this city soccer wise that I, I don't even know what to do. It's, it's, it, you know, you, if you don't have the bandwidth, you better get more bandwidth because it's all good. I've got uh, bad news. The, the next home Charlotte independence match in USL one is not until Sunday, July 9th. So, yeah. I'm I'll be, leaving the country and, and returning before that happens. So yeah, it's going to, going to be a while. So we will, we will have some independence coverage. We'll get one of the players to come talk to us at EPR though, for sure. That's, yeah. that's a lock. So, but make sure you follow them. It's, it's going to be a crazy month uh, for them on the road. I mean, if this road trip goes well, then this team like legit could have a chance to um, win the championship because uh, looking at the standings now, uh, Charlotte independence is tied uh, with North Carolina FC uh, 22 points. Uh, at the top of USL one. So 
uh, right now that um, table is looking good. And before we go, uh, we the one thing we didn't look at was the uh, MLS table. So let's finish with that. Uh, looking like at the MLS East uh, standings right now, Charlotte FC is in eighth, eighth place. Excuse me, sixth place. Is this right? Sixth place? I don't think that's right. No, I think that's an outdate. I think that's after the uh, the LA match. I think that's gotcha. Actually, yeah, that was that was yeah, still loaded sorry. from the previous yeah. show. I was, trying to, I, had, yeah, I was yeah. trying to sneak that in at the end. Um, Let, I can I can get the uh, the updated one in, in two seconds. Yeah, but the the updated table because I think um, Charlotte FC is sitting maybe at number nine on that table. Uh, in Correct. The conference. Yep, just in playoff position and and beyond just looking at the table. The last question I want to have for you is: Are we like even though we've lost two in a row and they were kind of painful to me? I've, I'm off the emotional roller coaster. I'm off of like the up and down craziness of this season. I'm off of like, if we lose, it's Laddie out. If we win, we're the best team ever. I don't want to do that. I just want to ride that middle path. And I just want to cruise into playoffs because I think we're a talented enough team to make the playoffs. I think we're a playoff team pending disaster. And that's what I, why I wanted to call out the, the table because even after a loss, you sit there, you look at the table, there's some midweek MLS action this week. Charlotte FC gets a break while some, some, Teams with games in hand um, play this week um, is a good look at um, the the table here. Danny, uh, Charlotte FC at 21 points, um, played uh, 17 games. Uh, Orlando, for example, um, only uh, 15 games played. Atlanta United, uh, 16 games played. So the famous uh, game in hand mm-hmm. um, will come into play for Charlotte over this, this next couple weeks. But... Um, sitting there in ninth place, the playoff dream feels real, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just think we're the, a lot of these teams below us have a lot of issues. The teams that in front of us are catchable. And if we play our game, I think we're a playoff team. I, I just want to rest in that confidence and, and just not – just get off the, the extreme swings and emotional highs and lows. Even though, I mean, it's, it's fun to ride the wave, obviously. But I just, you know, my heart can't take it sometimes, man. Where's Seattle in the Western Conference right now? Seattle in the Western Conference, let's call that up, is uh, behind St. Louis. Can you believe St. Louis is leading the West? Right behind St. Louis there, but and they played a lot more. That's, St. Louis is in first place with three games in hand on the closest team to them in points. That's absolutely insane. St. Louis City SC having that uh, inaugural season that Charlotte FC fans dreamed of. Yeah, this is the season we wish we had for sure, and they're having it. But uh, at the same time, games in hand are nice, but they're not guaranteed wins, as we were reminded last year uh, as well. So may- maybe they could go on a swoon and have a little bit of a losing streak. LAFC, ton of games in hand. LAFC actually has games in hand on St. Louis, as you can see there. So because of all their Champions League uh, uh, travels, they-, they have a midweek game this week, so they get one of those back. There's one MLS game in midweek, but thankfully – it's not us because we need a week off. Although I do wish we should be, we should be playing hosting Miami at the Fortress in the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow. That's the only. Unfortunately, though, that game will be being played in Birmingham, Alabama, and it will not include us. But it should. You know. At this point, I don't even know. You and I might be starting it at uh, uh, compete. Like you, you start at left back, and I sub in for you in the seventy-fifth minute, maybe uh, if we'd had to play a game. This, this midweek, who knows? It's it's been a great show. Thanks to all the tifos for for hanging out in the, the chat. Uh, follow our Instagram. We're going to be doing a live show on location later this week, uh, and uh, look forward to this. Greg Franco, final comment of the night: Seven out of our last ten matches of the season are home.
uh, that's a great thing when it comes to the push for the playoffs. Uh, we're going to be following that here on the Charlotte Soccer Show. And uh, as always, I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And for the crown, baby. The crown, baby. baby.